Bradley on the take. Giving left. Howard on the cutback. Inside to the five. Howard slams into the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Jordan Howard, a nine-yard run. Snap is back. Coming on a blitz. They throw into the end zone. Left corner up in the air. Elshon Jeffrey makes the catch. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitosha. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. This is Lauren Cox here with draft doctor Philitosian. Phil, free agency is right around the corner. It's it's a, a new league year. It's a time of hope across the across the country and across Bears Nation. Are, are you excited for Thursday night? Lauren, how could you not be passionate and excited about what's going to transpire for the Chicago Bears next chapter 2017, Lauren? The Bears are about to get busy. And we're going to be right there with you, Bears fans, Thursday night. We are planning to go live probably around 8 or 9 p.m. Eastern. We should have we should have locked that down before we started, Phil, but we'll figure it out. We'll tweet it out. I meant to ask you about that, but that's that's what happens with live radio. So we're, we're going live. Yeah, we'll take a poll. There you go. We'll be live Thursday night. You know, we're not the league year starts, I think, 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern. So we're not going to be live right as the league year starts, but we're going to be live that evening to break down all of the first wave of moves. We know Ryan Pace likes to make a lot of day one signings. He comes out, gets Pernell McPhee right away, gets... Danny Trevathan, Jarrell Freeman right away. So there's going to be plenty of talk about Thursday night, and we hope that all you listeners, our loyal listeners, will join us. If you're not able to make that show or you're not able to listen to today's show, feel free to go catch the podcast version. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bears Hour Live. He's at Full O. I'm at Cox Sports One. We're on Facebook, Bears Over Live. We have a YouTube channel, The Bears Over Live, yes. where we have tons of great film room content coming for you. We're going to be teasing this Wednesday's edition coming up a little bit later in the show. It'll be it'll be a real good one, I think. And if you haven't seen our Jimmy Garoppolo video and our Leonard Floyd video, definitely urge you to go check those out. It's it's some kind of video analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. But Phil, let's dive into free agency here. The Bears are starting to to get their team at least piece together a little bit here. They re-signed Connor Shaw, which was a really great under-the-radar move. And, you know, they're still talking to Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Pace had said that they're going to let him test the open market and we're going to see, you know, what kind of money he could potentially get and and come back to the Bears with a deal. But NFL media's Ian Rappaport reported on Saturday that the Bears had a very positive meeting with Tory Dandy, Alshon Jeffrey's agent. And we we talked earlier on the show, you know, a couple weeks ago about the importance of Alshon Jeffrey and how he is a must-resign. If you haven't heard that show, go check it out on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, all the places I mentioned before, because we really break down why Alshon Jeffrey is so critical to this offense, and that that's going to tease our our video coming out this week. Our our next film room is going to be Alshon Jeffrey. We're looking at specifically how the Bears' offense and the Bears' scheme limited his production this year. A lot of people look at Alshon Jeffrey's number and say, well, he he wasn't a thousand yard receiver and he only had a couple touchdowns. Down, so the bear shouldn't pay him. But what we're able to show in this video is that he was open a lot and he was either not seen or not hit accurately or when he was being thrown to, it was a lot of these underneath routes that weren't putting him in the best position to succeed. So we're really looking forward to, to seeing how that's going to come together. I think Bears fans are going to be excited about uh, the Alshon Jeffrey video we've got coming together. Don't you think, Phil? Absolutely. Alshon Jeffrey positive news by Ian Rappaport. It's a must sign, I believe, and, and that's good 
news for Bears fans that the conversations are in the positive mode. But I'm really excited about the video and film breakdowns that we're doing, Lauren. I, I, I agree with you. It's like nothing else out there. And, and we're proud of what we're doing and, and the feedback that we've been getting from the Bears fan. We're doing it for you. We're doing it for the truth. And that's what we stand by. And then this one, especially with Alshon being such a polarizing decision and figure within the Bears right now is going to be exciting. And the Bears are in the midst of another polarizing, decisive decision right now with the quarterback position. And all the rumors right now are Mike Glennon. (laughs) And I know you and I have talked, we talked on Bears Barroom Radio last week about how nightmarish of a situation that would be. And, you know, I want to say it's just smoke and it's just rumors, but Every year, I was I was looking back the last couple of years with Ryan Pace. You know, do do these rumors come out, and are they are they accurate? And last year, a couple of days before free agency, it was Bears are very interested in Danny Trevathan. A couple of years before that, you know, Bears are very interested in Pernell Fee. There, you know, all, all this stuff it, that leaks tends to be accurate at least in the days a couple of days leading to free agency. That's not that every rumor that comes out of Hallis Hall is is hundred percent accurate, but when the rumors are this strong about a free agent in Chicago in the last couple of years, it's been a very very clear sign that this is going to happen and that. Ryan Pace is very interested in this quarterback. So Mike Glennon, Phil, he's looking at maybe 10 to $12 million a year with a, a decent amount of guaranteed money. I mean, that is Jay Cutler money for Mike Glennon, who is, you know, 27 years old, but couldn't necessarily beat out Josh McCown for a starting job, couldn't beat out Josh Freeman for a starting job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the same year they go 2-14. and 14. I mean, I know neither one of us is, is a big fan of Glennon, but is is this... Is this like kind of the worst case quarterback scenario in your mind? I mean, how what, what do you what do you think about Glennon here? You know, uh, I talked about this on Bears Barroom Radio uh, over there. I just think the guy coming out of college, the fact that you brought up, he got beat out by Freeman, and then they went out and invested in uh, Winston to replace this young man. He's festered on that roster, so how he's, you know, taken on these practice reps, how he's handled himself as a professional are positives in his corner. How they're viewing him with the limited amount and what they see on preseason reps and and what they see in him, I'm iffy on the guy at the very best. I, I don't see how this is your future unless it's accompanied by a rookie quarterback named Deshaun Watson at number three. But staying on Glennon, I just, if it's a bridge quarterback, I think we could do better. I think with options out there, I'm more inclined to look at what Matt Barkley or Brian Hoyer had done with a rookie than to see what it is with Mike Glennon at this point. But if the Bears are doing their homework and their due diligence on it, Lauren. The traits are there. He's a tall, six-foot, what, six quarterback? I see six, six, five. Taller quarterback, has a high over-the-top delivery. He's not, you know, Ryan Leaf in the pocket. He can move a little bit. He just wasn't accurate in the tape that we have. And, you know, I haven't dug into last season's preseason tape i need to do that especially if this is gonna happen lauren like your gut is telling me that it's gonna so 
Glennon, to me, I would rather go the route that you brought up and going after Tyrod Taylor. If you're moving on from Cutler and you need a bridge quarterback, I want a guy that's mobile, that looking at the Bears, is able to boot action, make a first down with his legs. I don't think you get that with Glennon. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something that is going to excite anybody. You know what I mean? Like no one's like, oh yeah, Mike Glennon, let's let's see what he can do. Like I at the price range for him, it just doesn't seem like like you said, I would much rather have Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley under center at a sixth or, you know, of the cost. It's going to be significantly cheaper to get that kind of quarterback that I, I, you know, I don't know if Mike Glennon has that upside that, that can excite you. The only thing for me that can kind of maybe save this is if you feel like if you if Ryan Pace can work his contract structure magic in the you know in the past he's very good at getting these deals done so that he can get out of these contracts very quickly you know you look at Bobby Massey's contract and and Tracy Porter's contract these are all deals with the first year is fully guaranteed and and even a little bit of the next year's money is guaranteed onto that first year but then after one year these guys are kind of on this non-guaranteed keep them if you want to pay them and cut them and you won't have much of a, a cap hit. So if they can somehow work that kind of a deal out with Glennon where, you know, you give them $14 million in year one, that's all guaranteed. And then next year is 12 with only a couple million guaranteed and 12 beyond that with, you know, one or $2 million guaranteed in those years where you can cut him and really save 10 million and not have to pay him out a lot. I can, I can at least sleep a little bit more comfortably at night, but Quarterback is such a difficult position to negotiate that kind of contract for because the quarterbacks have the leverage because are you going to make me your franchise quarterback or not? So I would be surprised if they can work that out with Mike Glennon because Glennon's going to want to be paid and, and treated with a contract of a quarterback that he feels the team believes in him and it's not just a, a one-year rental kind of thing. I mean, you, I look kind of to the Tyrod Taylor contract where there's at least a way to get him out there, but... I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off with him or not, or if he's going to say, well, I'm going to go to the 49ers and they're going to give me a better contract. I'm just, I'm concerned with the structure there. Cause if you have to pay him a lot of guaranteed money over multiple years, it's tough to sit with a rookie there. That's going to be ready to go. You know, if you're paying Glennon and you're, you're locked into having to have him start and be fully paid for three years, mm-hmm. are you going to draft a quarterback at three overall to have him sit? Or are you going to have, are you going to just accept having a, a highly paid Glennon sitting on your bench with the rookie starting. I mean, it's just it's just messy with Mike Glennon. And it seems like Hoyer or Barkley would be less messy without a very different quarterback production. Don't you think? I, I agree with you because if you're looking at the price tag, you know, a lot of these money and the showcases are for the agents, especially coming out the box. There's got to be defined roles for players by the GM. You saw Ryan Pace's presser. He stood up there. I didn't feel very comfortable with him. I know my colleague over at Bears Bar Room, Aldo Gandia, did, as well as the mailman, Shane Marsaw. I think the rest of us, Jose included, didn't feel that comfortable with what Pace was selling there at the quarterback position. It's the elephant in the room, Lauren. You know, what are the Bears doing? Jay is still a part of this plan, according to Pace. That's not off the table. There was no kind of straightforward answers. It was all political in a sense that, yeah, I can't be straightforward, but I'm not going to be straightforward again. And it was almost like he was a puppet. So I don't like to see that. I just, you know what? We're taught, we've talked to Jay. I've mentioned Bus Cook three or four times now and our great relationship. We're moving on with him. We're looking for a trade partner. 
All right, we're talking to people. That's going to be talked about in a few weeks. Or don't address it at all. But to say that that's a part of the possibility of the plan kind of throws up the the whole gambit here. You're in the cloud, so to speak, with every possible scenario when it comes to the quarterback position. And for me, I'm just hopeful that behind closed doors, they have the plan, they have what they want. And if the smoke that's out there means that there's fire, Lauren, then the Mike Glennon perspective, if you're going to pay him $12 million, you have a point there, unless it's $12 million with the understanding that we're drafting a young quarterback to replace you, depending on the amount of time the contract is going to go forward from. But this, this quarterback position, how they're going to attack this free agency is going to be so interesting. To me, I would be in the whole process of getting one of these young guys. I thought we saw, I saw some boxes being checked on two of them yesterday. And a Mahomes number three, that that would be the way I would go at that position. I love the fact, and I know you mentioned at the top. Let me reemphasize this for the Bears fans: Connor Shaw is busting his ass in the weight room trying to get back to health. Here's a guy that has familiarity with dialogue and system, is athletic, showed a sign in the preseason. Yes, I'm not going to base everything on a sign, but there is hope there with the athleticism and the strong arm, the relationship with Alshon Jeffrey, that, and his willingness to throw the deep ball. Let's be honest there, Lauren, that Connor Shaw shouldn't be overlooked on. I really like this young man. And I like the story of perseverance. I pull for the underdog a lot, Lauren. But in this case, I think Connor Shaw shouldn't just be a Brad Biggs footnote in his mail cheap article, his mailbag. It should be a real celebrated move by the Bears getting him in the fold right now. Yeah. You know, the important thing to remember with this quarterback decision, you know, at least like long term. This is sort of what will make or break Ryan Pace's career in Chicago. If if he hits this decision, then he'll be here a while. And if he misses this decision, he won't be here very long. So clearly, you know, one way or another, this this will have the ripple effect on, on the coaching staff and on the front office. And you just kind of have to think that, you know, he's if he's putting all his effort and all his thought into this and he picks Mike Glennon, then the results will speak for themselves and that will tell you how good Ryan Pace is at evaluating the position and, and running a football team and ultimately we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out but it, all signs point to Mike Glennon at this point and those aren't one necessarily thing, signs that I want to be reading. One thing to add to this, Ryan Pace or John Fox who admitted he had no part in watching a single solitary play of Jimmy Clausen who was the Carolina's Panthers second round pick I believe that year when you're moving forward you saw how he phoned and he just threw everything in and and totally gave up on coaching and that team was destroyed imploded thank you here they are Ryan Pace and John Fox have never drafted a first round quarterback so their assessment of it is really unknown especially when John Fox comes out and admits they had nothing to do with the Jimmy Clausen thing. So it is going to be interesting to see how they they do here. Are they confident? Is Ryan Pace, Lauren, confident enough to step up to the podium at number three and pass 
some real talented defensive football players. I can go through them, but I know there's a free agent show. Yeah, we will later. <laughs> but he could pass up them to take that young rookie quarterback and say to Sean Watson, uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, Lauren, Trubisky. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky or to Sean Kaiser, you got, you're my guy. You're my man at, at number three. I, I'm going to wait to see it. If it was me, fans, you know I'd be slamming the table and sprinting to the podium for Watson. I think his combine showcased the kind of passer that I believe that he is, just natural, steps up in the big moments, and I will stick to free agency now, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's it's not, you know, especially with the way that the quarterback position was handled this season, you know, with Jay Cutler and you know, all this hemming and hawing on where he's going to be. And then when Brian Hoyer's the starter, they kind of believed in him. And then they kind of went back and forth on Barkley. It's, it's certainly, it's not encouraging to see how they're going to, you know, if they have Glennon and they draft a rookie, how they're going to handle the politics of that. But that's, I think that's enough doom and gloom. Free agency is supposed to be a, a positive time of, of change and hope and addition to the Chicago Bears. So let's let's step away from the quarterback position and a little bit of the ledge here and, and go back to this this bountiful market of free agent talent. I mean, there's there's plenty of talent to go around, and the Bears have plenty of cap space to spread around. We we know you know some of the top guys like Eric Berry and uh, Melvin Ingram from the Chargers. Your guy, they got the franchise tag, or I guess. Eric Berry got an actual contract extension. Some of the top guys are coming off the market, but you still got some pretty talented players at positions of needs for the Bears. You know, when we did our safety show, we talked about Tony Jefferson and Jonathan Ciprian and some of the other guys at that position. On our wide receiver show, we talked about Robert Woods and even the possibility of trading for Brandon Cooks long before that hit the mainstream media. We were certainly ahead of the curb there, as we always are, Phil. I think we're we're, we're pretty adept at that. Um, <laughs> we talked about some of the other quarterbacks, too, in the past, but one of the positions we haven't really talked a ton about is the cornerback spot. The Bears yes, were it, rumored to be interested in Stephon Gilmore. That was in the, the Brad Biggs article. There's also A.J. Bouye out there. He's kind of the top-name guy, but Bouye is a little bit of a, of a one-year flash-in-the-pan guy that you wonder how well he can put that over years and years. And then a couple other guys, the Patriots have two free agent cornerbacks, Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan. Have to wonder if the Bears have some interest there. They um, do. That, that, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, Maurice Claiborne from the Cowboys. Uh, you know, there's there, there's some Prince. names here. Prince of Mukamara from the Jaguars, yeah. I mean, yeah. who who of that group stands out to you? I know it came out that Gilmore might be looking in the $14 million range, which is Alshon Jeffrey money, which seems a little bit – it really throws that situation into a whole other perspective. But at that cornerback position, you got to add something because Tracy Porter's not healthy and Kyle Fuller probably belongs at safety and he isn't healthy either. You, you like Cravon LeBlanc in the slot, but you need talent in that secondary. Which of those free agents to you stands out? We look at Logan Ryan from the Patriots. Here's a guy that played for the Super Bowl champs. Uh, just, I know he graded well with PFF, but there's smoke, there's fire. I think there is definite showcase of talent that fits on the corner. Confident player, willing tackler, and athlete. Somebody who does does not lose sight of the football. I know. 
Vic Fangio has been very vocal about that, especially with the corners that we have. You've seen it happen time and time again. They're in coverage. They're in the right position. However, they're not confident enough to swing their head, look for the football, and strike. Logan Ryan is 26 years old. He's physical. He has the ability to snap and look and fit this defense. He's definitely someone I would be talking with and talking about in regards to being a Chicago Bear on that cornerback position. You you also want to talk about Micah Hyde. Here's a football player that I feel like could play both positions, corner and safety. I love him at safety, Lauren. I, I just think he would be my number one moved up behind Ingram. I would go all af- after Micah Hyde, maybe not giant contract worthy in in you know, the average fan's home. But the fact that he can be a versatile chess piece for a defense needing playmakers, Micah Hyde takes away from a rival, arrives on the football, understands his role, understands both nickel and corner, helping Vic Fangio get another playmaker that actually catches and isn't afraid to take a risk to turn over the football. And then, of course, Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore to me, is the number one corner in this free agency. I love the way he's confident enough to step up, stand in there, deliver the blow, and get after someone. I'm just a big fan of his, and I think that he would be a perfect fit. Another guy that's not afraid to snap his head around in man coverage when you're isolated out there, and also his ability to recognize route concepts and go after the football there as well those three guys really are the high-end guys for me that i would go all out after i know people like aj Bowie. i'm with you i'm just a little concerned about this football player being high priced when you look at the cornerback history at the position investing a lot of money in it especially with a limited amount of time and I know this young man is a talented football player, but Lauren, you're right. At that position, you want to make sure you get it, land it, and you win with it. Yeah, you see corners all the time. They'll put up a big year with a bunch of interceptions and kind of flashes that, oh, man, look at the next great corner. And then things drop off for one way or another, whether it's injuries or something else. And I, I get extra concerned when they come from a team with an elite front seven that makes their job so much easier on the back end. And not that the Bears don't have talent in the front seven, but the Houston Texans really, they, they can control what an offense is trying to do to them and put a guy like Bouye in position to be more successful than he would be elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the pass rush plays to the secondary. The Bears, although they're improving front seven, let's be honest here, they need more pass rushers. You can never have enough. I know a lot. I'm getting a lot of Twitter and a lot of DMs asking me about Solomon Thomas, why? He's just this. The reason why is because he gets home. He understands hand placement, the ability to get to the, pa- the to the quarterback. Those types of players, you can never have enough of them. So to invest in them, draft them, get them young and, and while they're ascending, and, and even in the NFL, you're seeing the pass rushers being in their late 30s, Dwight Freeney, uh, Julius Peppers for crying out loud and um, Porter a bunch of them going after the quarterback getting home changing the dynamics I mean 
what's his name in Pittsburgh. I don't know why James he's, Harrison. James Harrison's going to be a forty-year-old getting a two-year deal because they have the ability to disrupt the passer in a passing league. You can never have enough of those guys, and they cover a lot of what's going on behind them in the secondary. So if you couple those two with talented athletes back there with a great pass rush, then I think the investment for me would be in the secondary and free agency because they've accomplished and played NFL football. And then in the draft, I'm looking for young pass rushers that are going to get after the quarterback and build throughout your system. And we talked about some of the free agent pass rushers on our on our Leonard Floyd show. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. And then, of course, watch our Leonard Floyd film room video that we put out to accompany it. It's a it's a great combo there. There are definitely some some under the radar guys, even beyond Melvin Ingram, who's no longer on the market that we talked about as free agents to like at that position. And before I move on from the corners, one guy I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about is um, Dre Kirkpatrick from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a guy mm-hmm. that has struggled. And since he, you know, he had a lot of issues with, you know, getting grabby and, and not, not staying disciplined. And I wonder if confidence has been an issue there. And he's a guy that a change of scenery could be exactly what he wanted. He's going to be, a, a, I think, significantly cheaper than a lot of the other top guys. Although he's still young, so he might be able to, to get a contract of, of at least a decent value. But he's a guy I'd definitely take a flyer on. What, what did you think of him coming out, Phil? I really like this football player. He has the size, and he uh, honestly reminded me of a young Charles Tillman with his ability to play the game and the position and be isolated out there. It hasn't worked out. Sometimes players need a change of scenery, as you said, Lauren, to get into a new system with a new philosophy and a new lease on life, and then you're able to find gold there. It's happened so many times. I mean, there's not Darrell Revis's growing on trees, you know, how that football player is you can't just always find it sometimes you need a change of scenery for a player schematically to get that rise in his ability and one guy that i think in this would be a sleeper kind of you mentioned him that i believe would fit is um morris claiborne maurice claiborne uh, the cowboys 27 years old just understands the position really well, and I think he'd be a better fit out of that Tampa 2 coverage with what we're doing here in Chicago and being asked to use his athleticism and his physicality in a way. That would be someone I know graded really well, also is physical and athletic, would fit with Vic. Well, and and one of the one of the players that I didn't even mention when we were talking about guys that the Bears have been rumored in is Ricky Wagner from the from the Baltimore Ravens switching over to the offensive line now. He was their right tackle, and I think he you know he, a Wisconsin guy. You know, I've I'm, I'm more than familiar with him. He's very solid. He, he kind of you know had some up and downs early in his career, and he, much better I think in in run blocking than pass protection. But he's still he's still a very very talented right tackle and. Yeah. It clearly shows that the Bears have at least the ability to self-scout and, and recognize that, hey, Bobby Massey was awful for the first half of the season and really overall was below average even when he started to get it together. I mean, you can't you can't accept that level of tackle play as good enough for the team. Even over the course of 16 games, it has to be better on the whole. You can have bad games at the right tackle, but you can't have that many horrible games 
even if it just leads up to to average play later on down the line. So they're at least interested in upgrading the tackle position on the offensive line. I think you and I are both in agreement that Kyle Long should be involved in upgrading the tackle position, but let's let's mm-hmm. put that out for now because we're talking about free agent guys. We're, we're assuming that Kyle Long is staying at guard and, you know, sitting white hair long, maybe Grasso's in there somewhere too, but your interior offensive line for this purpose is, is set. But they could use some help on the outside, and, and we could upgrade from Charles Leno, and we could upgrade from Bobby Massey, really. And Wagner's obviously the name that comes to mind, but Andrew Whitworth is out there too from the Bengals. Is not really a young addition, but he's still a, a, a great left tackle, but he's 35 years old. Uh, Russell Okung from the Broncos, you know, he, he kind of bet on himself this year and was just kind of okay. And and maybe in, you know with a weak draft class, the Bears might be looking for free agents at the tackle position. Is there anybody else that stands out to you? I think Ryan will, Ricky Wagner at right tackle is an upgrade, and you're always looking to upgrade the position, folks. This isn't Madden where you say, okay, I got this guy, he, he's the position. You know, coaches, and, and you have plenty of salary cap space. It all starts up front. You want to be able to protect those edges and give yourself the best opportunity to start the best five players that give your quarterback and the running game an opportunity to win. I think Ricky Wagner would be a huge upgrade to um, Bobby Massey on the right side. Now that left side, you know, Andrew Whitworth is a great football player, folks. At 35 years old, I don't know if that's the way I'm going to roll with this. You know, so Russell Okung at 29 is someone I can get involved with because I think he would be an upgrade not only in in the pass pro, but in the run game to a Charles Leno. So if you're going to go either way there, those two guys for me it, in the free agent class, you know, Menelik Watson was a young player, came in the league a little older, but has still not had a lot of starts under his belt. That could be an under-the-radar signing to put him in the mix to see if he fits your philosophy moving forward and get something out of him. You look at the young man, Riley Reef with the Lions. He's 28 years old, playing that right tackle position. He has left tackle experience there, and he might not have graded out that well, but that kind of experience, again, look at what Detroit did philosophically. They were almost like running the run and shoot over there, whereas yeah. the Chicago Bears are going to ask this man to you know, buckle his chin strap up and be a leader in that locker room. I think Riley Reef out of Iowa is well-coached. He's got good technique. He can do one thing really well, and that's pass-protect off-action game. He's one of the better guys I've seen on tape that disguises the run fake and is able to reestablish himself and gain leverage and control, giving your quarterback time to throw the football. Riley Reef is somebody, if I'm Chicago, that might not light up the boards, or he's going to get paid because a lot of coaches obviously know this about this young player. But for me, I think those are the guys that I look at in regards to this, unless you're going to dig into the restricted free agent market with the tackle, or else you're going to be looking at the draft. But it's a it's a tough go of it this year because it's not a great draft, Lauren. Yeah, and you, you know you're not going to be able to necessarily find outside of like Wagner or Whitworth. 
guys that can just step in and, and lock down. This is our starting right tackle. But mm-hmm. it, it, there is names, you know, like Reef is a guy you sign and you just say, you know what, you and Bobby Massey and Charles Leno, the best two tackles will start and the worst one will be our swing tackle. And you're going to upgrade your offensive line and be better for it because you're adding competition at the position. I mean, last year they could they couldn't hardly find a third tackle. You know, they went with Mike Adams and then he got hurt and a couple other names. I'm, I'm spacing on other guys that were involved in that rotation, but it was not a deep position and they were lucky that guys like Massey and, and Leno were able to stay healthy for the majority of the season. So I definitely think Ryan Pace is looking to upgrade the depth there. And another position where I think he absolutely needs to upgrade the depth is right next to the tackles, tight end. With, with Zach Miller's injury history and, and his inability to finish out last year, obviously Logan Paulson was a, a train wreck and <laughs> really did a lot more <laughs> damage with penalties than he did blocking. And you know, a guy like Ben Broniker, who we were excited about, didn't really step up and, and have the, quite the year that we were hoping, but still a lot of promise from him. And you look at this free agent class of tight ends, and there's you know there's not a a dominating number one guy that you know you would go out and say this guy's going to lock down our position. But with Zach Miller under contract, there's a lot of guys here that really look to me like guys I would love to pair with him. My my number one target at tight end is Anthony Fasano from the Tennessee Titans. He is just an elite blocker, a great pass protector, great run blocker. And the Titans didn't throw him the ball much, but because they didn't ask him to, but he can catch. He's not a He's not a bad receiver by any means. He's not an explosive athlete. You know, he's 33 years old, but he is it's it's really like having a sixth offensive lineman that can catch the ball. And I I'm, I'm a huge Anthony Fasano guy. Are is there a guy that stands out for you, Phil? Yeah, for me it's Jack Doyle with the Colts. Here's a football player that I scouted coming out. I really like the football player, 27 years old. He's fitting that ascending type of football player that you're looking for. He gives you that backside tight end protection and the ability to get and run those drag routes and be a big target in there. He, I know he's had some, what was it, a PED or some off the field issue. Something minor, yeah. Yeah, some, something happened with him. But ultimately, he's somebody I feel like fits this scheme because it is a lot of tight end move based scheme. And if you're also looking and throwing the move in, how about my guy Kyle Juszczyk? Oh, yeah. Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you talk about a football player that's able to move the change that can also double not only as a fullback but give you slot looks because he has an understanding of route concepts. That kind of football player added to this football team gives a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, a huge target to develop on. I love the fact that there was two guys that you didn't talk about on the Bears real quick, Lauren. I yeah. thought Daniel Brown really showed a lot of things to like as far as how he came into Chicago, learned the system, and that became a counted on target when Matt Barkley was in the game. And I also liked the fact that they picked up one of my favorite players in the draft was Michael Pruitt, who I thought has a lot of traits and things to like. So those two young players are already on the roster with an added established player like a Eustech or a Doyle, this position could be solidified. And let's not forget, this NFL draft is maybe the top tight end draft I've seen since I've been doing this because I can I can make you, Lauren, I could talk you into taking O.J. Howard at three if I wanted to. That's how talented I think he's a sure thing in this draft that that football player is. That's how talented this group of tight ends in the draft are because there's 10 of them 
all of them were under four six or four six at four six in the draft. That's amazing at that size. And I just can't keep you off of the draft talk, can I? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, we've got with us our first caller. Uh, caller, what's your name, where are you calling from, and, and what are your thoughts on Bears Free Agency? Um, AJ from Chicago. AJ. There he is. <laughs> got to get him his own theme music, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like with G-Men or something. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, Phil, you did hit it on the nail for the freeze. I don't know why and what pace season Mike Glennon, but, you know, me – if it was me and you're going after Mike Glennon, who I'm looking at his stats right now, and like, you know, statistics don't mean everything, of course. 75 yards and one touchdown in 2016. I get it. I get it. He didn't play. Jameis Winston was a starting quarterback. But the thing is, I mean, I've seen tape on Mike Glennon, and I was watching it in my room, in my room here on my TV on my screen, against the Carolina Panthers. He comes out of pressure. And, like, he was about to throw the ball, and the ball slips out of his hand. Now, that easily could have been picked off by the defensive end and could have been gone for six. You know, that worries me. And then you're going to pay $12 million to Mike Glennon, who's going to come in as a bridge quarterback. And I, I agree, none of these quarterbacks are ready, but, like, there's only one, one I think that's almost there that's ready, and that's Deshaun Watson. The guy has proven to be a winner. The guy came out there against Alabama and won the national championship game and actually was on the doorsteps of the year before to win the national championship game. And, like, if we draft Deshaun Watson, and I heard Phil say this hundreds of times on Twitter, Deshaun Watson at three with Mike Glennon, I think if you bring in Mike Glennon and draft a quarterback at three, I think it will bring a lot of turmoil to this organization. Why? Because if you draft a rookie quarterback and don't play him and play Mike Glennon instead, then what was the whole point of drafting a quarterback at three when you can go get one in the late rounds? That's, that's my thing. And, like, you know, it really bothers me that we're going after Mike Glennon and not keeping Jay Cutler for one more season. It really does. And that's my only question of this franchise going forward. And then we can talk about tight ends and outside linebackers after this. It certainly is a disappointing uh, at least yeah, it's not it's not the, the flashy quarterback move that you wanted to see for sure but aj we're actually right. we're actually gonna we're getting another call right now so i might i might let you go and bring them in but th- thanks thanks for sure, calling in and sharing yeah sure. thanks aj knocking it out yep. aj we're step <laughs> for step uh we, we do have our next caller on the line already though uh, a caller what's your name and, and where are you calling from and what do you think about bears free agency what, what are you what are you looking for mike brev Chicago, Illinois. Mike Brez. <laughs> Holy Brez Kaiser. <laughs> Let's leave the draft talk Let's aside. Look at Let's look. Okay, yeah, we'll push that up. Let me redress this uh, Glennon deal since we're on that. All right. Uh, Glennon, not the nice uh, next great white hope, obviously, but he's a bridge. 2017 is a bridge year. I mean, we need to look at it like that. We're building. Are, are we going after a Super Bowl? You want to lock into it. Chet Dilfer won a Super Bowl. But this is a building thing. And, you know, one, I think some of the Glennon talk could be smoke anyway. But, um, you know, I would more, more, I would like to do the Seattle thing where you take, uh, you know, and they had Wilson and they had Flynn and they had, uh, you know, they had a mess of guys in there and you kind of just let it all work out. Now, I don't know if we have the coaching staff to actually pull that off. But in this one, you can kind of, 
if you take away him being a backup, take away this, go back to Glennon's stats when he actually played, and that's a tradable guy. So if we did sign him in, let's say it's a two-year, first year guaranteed up front, next year's not, or even a four-year, and the guy goes out and actually competes and is, is fair as an Alex Smith of a, of a kind of a, um, you know, as far as production goes, you can trade the guy off while you're bringing your rookie up. And that's the whole point. I think we're taking a rookie, if it's Watson, if it's Kaiser, if it's whoever, we're bringing a rookie in. Glennon is that bridge. Now, a lot of people would like to just say, hey, keep Cutler in there and do the same thing. But the, the organization is just ready to move on from that relationship, obviously. So this, the Glennon is just a plug-and-play for Cutler. Well, well, so, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. What, what what makes Glennon more attractive than Brian Hoyer in your mind, especially at, at potentially five to six times the cost? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, I'm I'm in the camp, bring Hoyer in, bring Shaw in, bring a rookie in, let's play this out. 2017, we're not going to go win the Super Bowl, but maybe we can go do it in 2018. So I'm in that camp, but I'm just trying to sell this. Uh, I'm trying to give some levity to the Glennon situation. Now, what's the benefit? He's 27 versus his 30s. You're not going to be able to have Boyer come in, kick some butt, and uh, trade him. It's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. Glennon has took trade talks and trade options every year he's been in Tampa. Everybody's been trying to trade him, and they could have got something out of each year. Now that's on a rookie contract, not into a bigger contract. True. But even if he came in, he played well for the Bears. The Bears could trade him off and get a third-round pick while you're bringing up your rookie. You know, the cap, 12 million bucks. I would like to spend it in other ways, but you know that we're going to have a reserve of cap after free agency is all said and done anyway. So, I mean, you take it, instead of paying Jay 16, you're paying this dude 12, which I don't think he's going to garner that. But, you know, to get to make this look at them, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is exactly what the Jets were trying to do. They were trying to bring up their guys while having Fitzpatrick play this role. Didn't work out well. Maybe that's uh, the tea leaves that the Bears need to look at. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But, they, you know, when you tie yourself to somebody like Tyrod Taylor, if he gets released and do that, that you're signing him up to be your franchise quarterback. And he's going to want to know that. And if, he, if you go in and you draft the quarterback at three uh, coming up a month later, you, know, you got one pissed off too there. And uh, mm-hmm. so that ain't going to work out. So we got a lot of options. You know, so it's just depending on that contract. But I think if we put in Glennon, we don't need to go set Hallipaul on fire over it, you know. And real quick, though, why do you think Tyrod would be more, like, Tyrod would be pissed off at wanting to be the franchise quarterback, but don't you think Glennon would be too? Well, I think so, but I think uh, Glennon will have the spirit if he, he needs to get in and win it. And Tyrod will have more of a, well, I have been to Pro Bowl. I'm a Pro Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so I don't point. know what the Bills are doing on that. But when your team that knows you the best is ready to cut you, something's weird there, right? So I don't really trust that Tyrod Taylor deal. But I think he could come in and he could win more games in 2017 than Glennon could. But I think you're going to have to hook him up. He's going to want that franchise feel. Glennon might be in that, hey, I just got bumped out for a top three pick. Bumped out of my whole thing. So I get it. I'm going to have to compete. You know, I don't think he, he thinks, well, I'm going to go to the, you know, XYZ team that needs a quarterback bad, and uh, I'm going to be the franchise guy. I don't think he's there. So I think he has that mentality of, hey, well, let's go mix it up in camp. And you might need that mentality. Mike Brez bringing a 
parachute for the Bears fans. You're, you're kind of making me feel better about the idea of me Mike too. Glennon. Some good points there, Brez. Now, when you look at this team as a whole, we talked about offensive tackles. We bumped it to tight ends. We talked about a corner. I know you're a big safety guy. You're talking about safeties in the draft. How do you look at free agency, and what are you feeling about the safety position with the Bears? Yeah, you know, that needs to be addressed. I think Tony Jefferson was already linked to the Bears last year when he was a restricted free agent. There was something there. And uh, I think he has, he wants to be in Chicago. I really got that feeling. So I think $7 million gets you Tony Jefferson. I think he's worth $7 million, And I think he's on the first slide out. I think he's his first week first two days, tampering period signing right there is Tony Jefferson. Now you just lock down a strong safety position, and he can actually flex over to the free safety. He's shown trades of that. You don't want him as your, your, your premier free safety, but there's your strong safety. And if we still believe in the Vic uh, having interchangeable safeties, then that's, that's a kind of a key guy you got right there. So you have to go out and slam this guy. You got the cat up in... Uh, New England, you might be able to get cheap and uh, let's play some free safety there. And you got Cersei, he, he might, you know, you got like guys you can plug and play and go after that free safety in a deep safety class. So I think you got to play the deep safety class. There's no way I'm going to spend that top three pick on a safety. I think that's just stupid business. Although those guys are elite and they're going to end up being elite for some other team, but it ain't going to be the Bears. So I think you go there, that solidifies, Tony solidifies half that backfield, and then you bring in a guy, you draft in a guy, you know, maybe Obi, and then move forward to the competition at the free safety point. Something will shake out there. It might be good. So I will go there, and then, Phil, i got to agree with you on um, going at Wagner. You know, here's the deal. We're moving to be a running team. Mm-hmm. And although you look at Massey and you say, hey, what's your trait? You, sh- you look like a run blocker. He ain't. He's a pass blocker. <laughs> He's a big-ass pass blocker. And so you get in Ricky Wagner, who is actually a mauler in the running game, and since we're a running team, that only makes sense. Even if it was dollar for dollar or whatever, I would trade the pass uh, blocking skill for the run blocking skill because it fits what we're trying to do better. So you just make that move. I don't care what it costs you. You get it done. And then you can get rid of Massey in a second. He might even be able to trade him. And so then you got uh, in the chat end, I'm right there with Warren Fasano. We need him. Yes. I mean, he's <laughs> as good as a pass blocker as he has a run blocker. And you can still utilize him in the game. You match him up with Daniel Brown already on the roster. You got Michael Pruitt, which can he can be explosive, be that move tight end. He can actually develop. He needs developing. He's still in that process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zach, he'll go out and give you another year or two. We're always worried about the injury. But if you have that set up right there, that's a pretty good one. If you end up with, uh, you know, this anybody out of this tight end class, I mean, again, we want the top two guys. You know, you like Howard or, um, you know, Ingram, all these guys. But, I mean, it's deep. So you go into the third, fourth round, you get you another one out of there, and you're doing something. So, I think uh, I think we're in a good spot on all those ranges, but you know, as far as cornerback goes, Gilmore's the guy. I mean, it's the hands down at this point. Everybody else is kind of a Rick uh, Kirkpatrick risk, risk. So you're talking about 
Gilmore, he has some shady, you know, he's got some give up, he let some yards go. But the thing is, is the most constant cornerback in free agency that takes the ball away, does it every single year. So, and that's the one thing we're missing. So you take Gilmore, you throw the book at him, I don't care if it's $14 million. Mike, you're right with you. You really threw the book at us here. And I want to thank you for calling in, but we've, we've got another caller already lined up on the line. So uh, great, great points, and definitely join us again for sure. I loved it, Mike. Mike, bring in the funk. Mike, Brez for Prez. Look at that. And when we're, when we're talking Deshaun Kaiser and, and Notre Dame prospects, we're going to have you back on for sure. All right. Yep, yep. See you uh, and our, our next guy is already on the line, and I, I, I have a feeling I, I recognize this this name, and, and I think everyone will recognize this voice when it when it starts on the line. Caller, uh, what what are your thoughts on quarterbacks, on free agency, on everything Bears? Cheers, Bears fan. Saldo Gandia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Aldo for a second there. Tricked me. Oh, man, you guys putting me on the spot and making me uh, follow up the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Perez. Brez, Brez, Brez impressed. Came to play. Yeah, he did. He, he brought it. And, you know, uh, I actually agree with pretty much every, everything that he said about Glennon, guys. I'm, I know I was trashing him pretty good the other night, but you do. You, <laughs> you, <laughs> you sit back and you kind of step off the ledge a little bit. And I heard you ask Lauren about, uh, you know, what makes him better than Hoyer. I just think it simply com- comes down to – Maybe at Glennon's low point, he is who Brian Hoyer is, but he gives you a lot more upside. And, yes, you are going to be paying for it. But, um, you know, we've heard even Mr. Atoshin say more than, more than once it's just money. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think Mike hit it out of the park when you say if you give this guy, if you're going to give him his guaranteed money, give it to him all and, you know, most of it in year one and year two and then, if he shows some semblance of being a uh, quarterback and you do draft somebody high, because there's the golden nugget in all of this, guys. I think if they invest in Glennon in a three- or a four-year deal and make most of it payable the first two years, you have to invest highly in the quarterback. And we know who we've all been talking about. I think with Mike Glennon, I think you have to come away with a Kaiser or a Watson or a Mahomes or even a Trubisky. I think they go hand-in-hand moving forward. I'm right there with you, Shane. I I felt like Brez brought the parachute for me, jumping off the cliff, (laughs) and now you're bringing it again. So maybe there's some method to this madness. One other quick thing, thing too, guys. You know, I've been – Sitting here, I had a uh, little bit of time last night and early this morning. I was going over and watching some um, Mike Glennon tape. And, you know, for a big six seven guy, he actually has a little bit more ability than you expect. Nothing, I mean, he's not going to be Donovan McNabb out there, Michael Vick, obviously, but he can't, he's got a lot better feet than you expect. And Brez brought it too, with the Bears really gearing towards a, a run-heavy offense. That's another thing is Glennon brings the big-time arm, you know, so you can get your, your play-action pass and he can throw it downfield to hopefully when we bring Alshon back or a healthy Kevin White or Cam Meredith or, you know, Danny Trevathan even, or 
you would talk about a guy like Daniel Brown showing up and he's got those traits that you're talking about, Phil, with the speed and showing up. So I'm not a hundred percent sold on it guys, but I, I think if we step back off the ledge a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't agree with AJ saying that it's bringing a lot of turmoil. I think there's a lot more turmoil that would bubble up if the bears kept Jay Cutler and invested into a high rookie quarterback. Because I don't want to. I want to cut. I want to cut you off here because you and Brez now, and you've been saying this for a while. To be clear, but you're making the point. Rookie quarterback with Jay Cutler. I, I'm a Jay Cutler guy, but I see yeah. the organization and the coaching staff feel like the burden and the weight of this football player is something they want to turn the page from. So that, to be clear, we're not questioning the guy's talent. Or versus a Glennon, we are saying maybe it's better for business, a la Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, at this point. Not the behavior-wise, but just the overall energy and feel of this roster and team moving forward that you're going to turn the page on Jay Cutler and bring a guy, like you said, that has a lot of traits. He's tall. One thing he does do well is throw outside the numbers where Brian Hoyer, you want to know the difference? Brian Hoyer has a struggle (laughs) throwing outside the numbers where Mike Glennon does not. But I'm sorry. I wanted to make sure that point was made because you're both making it very well. It is. It's a great point, Phil. But you guys, and this isn't, isn't, uh, I don't want to turn this into a Bash J show, but you guys know especially how the Chicago media goes. What's mm-hmm. going to happen if if the Bears say the Bears draft Deshaun Watson number three, and they bring Jay Cutler back? What's going to be the first question asked at rookie minicamp to Deshaun Watson? Is Jay helping it's be you about out? Jay. Exactly. And then what's going to be the first question when the veterans come in to OTAs? It's How's be Jay, Jay getting along with Jay and Deshaun Watson? And the first interception he throws, too. Get Jay out. Exactly, Lauren. Great point. Great point. And, and, I mean, how most of these fans are, it's going to be, I mean, it it doesn't matter if it's going to be Jay's fault on the interception or if it's a bad snap from Cody Whitehair or from Hironis Gersu. I I don't know why you would ever venture down that, that valley myself. And to me, like I said, I don't agree with AJ's thinking that it's going to create turmoil. I think you're just looking, it comes down to me, you're paying more for the upside of Mike Glennon than you are. And, and Brian Hoyer signed for a, a $2 million contract last year, guys, and he's going to want more than that. So is Brian Hoyer going to make $8 million this year? And I think Brez brought up a good point, too. Everybody right now is talking $12 million for Mike Glennon. But if it comes in at $10 million, is, 10, uh, is, is Mike Glennon at $10 million? a better investment than Brian Hoyer at $8 million? I think there's a pretty good case to say yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a good point. And, and another thing with Glennon, too, uh, I, I guess I want to bring this back to you with the Jay Cutler thing. If Don't you think with the Chicago media the way it is, if they draft a quarterback at three, even if Glennon is here under contract, you, you start to get some of the same things as Jay? I mean, yeah. obviously it would be worse under Jay, for sure. There would be every possible opportunity to – bring this back to Jay, but when Glennon's in the preseason and throws an interception in the first preseason game, you know that David right. Haw column is going to drop. Time to put in Watson, you know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Exactly. And you want to know what you, what you got to look back at too, Lauren, and that is a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Who has experience in getting 
sat down for a high-drafted rookie quarterback. Mike Lennon does. And did we ever hear him complain he in Tampa Bay? Yeah, exactly. He handled it well. He handled it well. He shut, it, he shut his mouth, and that's not saying that Jay Cutler or anybody else can't do that. But Mike Glennon's got experience in doing that. I mean, he's been offered an $8 million a year contract from Tampa Bay to be a, the highest paid backup in the NFL, and he's turned it down. So obviously he and his agent know that he's going to get a contract that's going to go above that. So is it $2 million more per year? Is it $4 million more per year? We'll uh, see on Thursday, and then everybody will t- turn into, uh, tune into Bears Hour Live Thursday night and, and get all their info that they need. What what a plug from Shane Marsaw right yeah. there, and we are what? Go ahead. <laughs> See what? how that works. He said, "Oh yeah, that's brilliant, He's... brilliant." And we might we may or may not just be having Mr. Shane Marsaw in in the Bears Hour Live Digital Studios for Thursday night show. So definitely be looking forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great show, and for sure to catch that, we're gonna tweet out the time when we. When we figure it out, but it's going to be eight or nine p.m. Central or Eastern, one of those two time zones. We'll figure it out. We'll be breaking down all the live signings as as they win on that evening. But Shane, I'm, we're getting down to a couple minutes left in our show, so we'll, we'll let you go and wrap up. But thanks again for calling in, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, see you guys then. Bear down. Bear down. Shane, Mike, AJ, all of them bringing good points. Great calls. Great calls. The Bears fan, if you're following. Bears Hour Live, we got some great Twitter responses from AC, Sandy, Tom, uh, Ronaldo, Yanez. I got a bunch of Mark from Dubai, Hurricane Harry, all these people asking. Yes, we're going to be on. Lauren, let's just say 9 o'clock East, 8 o'clock Central. Boom. Let's put that in the books. Get that out of the way. (laughs) We'll all be ready to talk Bears. We're going to find out, Lauren. Mike Glennon. I'm feeling better about this. Shout out to shout shout out to Mike Brez and Shane Marsall, the mailman, bringing that. I just think it's time. It's time to get this free agency popping. We didn't even get to touch the wide receiver position. If Jeffrey leaves, Lauren, we're gonna find out that. Hopefully, they can lock him down in the next couple days before the start signal on the free agency frenzy show at bears hour live goes hopefully he's in the building ready to rock and roll with possibly mike glennon we know connor shaw is in the building working his tail off we know kyle long's ready hopefully you're going to be ready to break it down with us Oh yeah, we'll 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 be right on top of it. Uh, we're down to literally ninety seconds, so I, I won't I won't let you comment on them. But a couple of defensive linemen, five technique free agents. I know you and I both love Carl Klug's a free agent. Dontari Poe's a free agent. Although Poe could play some nose tackle too, those would be excellent depth signings. Guys that can really be big time contributors on this team. But we we do have to wrap up. If you if you aren't able to catch the show live, as always, our podcasts are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Anywhere that you can find podcasts, we are there. Our YouTube channel, Bears Hour Live, we're going to have that Alshon Jeffrey video coming out on Wednesday, breaking down how the Bears' offensive system limited his production this year and ultimately gave a little bit of a skewed view of him heading into free agency. And, of course, join us again on Thursday night for our live show, and then we'll be live again next Sunday, as usual, at 2 p.m. So for Lauren Cox, or for, <laughs> I'm Lauren Cox. <laughs> for Philatoshan, I'm Bears Lauren Cox. Bears Hour Live. And this has been Bears Hour Live. Come on, come on.